0: Today I have the great privilege of concluding a series that we began recently entitled Miracles in the Middle. Miracles in the Middle. Sometimes in life, miracles happen right in the middle of our mess. Sometimes we need miracles to happen right in the middle of our mess. I don't know about you, but I need a miracle sometimes in the middle of my mess. But sometimes when you're fighting for your miracle, you need to fight through some opposition. For you see, in this walk of life, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficulties that you're going to face. And my question to you is, what's, what are you going to do when challenges come your way? Are you going to push through or are you going to step back? In 2008, Michael Phelps, the great Michael Phelps, was on a mission. He was stepping into the Summer Olympics, and he had a goal. His goal was either to match or exceed the world record for the most goals in one single Olympics. And so the commentators spent months talking about whether Michael Phelps could do that. But when he got to the competition, he had the best week of his life. He not only won one gold, he won two goals, he won five goals and then he won six goals, gold medals. And then he was faced with the opportunity and the challenge to get his seventh gold medal. And he was swimming in one of his favorite events, the 100-meter butterfly race. And the commentators were saying, "He's on one hand, he's had the best week of his life, but on the other hand, he's never pushed himself so far. What's gonna happen? So what did Michael Phelps do? Well, he did what every great swimmer did. He prepared himself, he listened to his music, he did his pre-swim workout, his pre-swim preparation. And then the moment came for him to step behind the blocks. He stepped behind the blocks. They told him to step up on the blocks. He stepped up on the blocks. They told him to get ready. He got ready. And then he waited for the beep. The beep came. He jumped into the water. He did the best jump in that he could possibly do. But on the very first stroke he took, he realized that the field was very fast. He wasn't in first place, he wasn't even in second place, he was in third place. And so he begins to take strokes to go the first length of the race because the 100 meter fly is only two lengths of the pool. So he's swimming and swimming and swimming and the first guy goes into the wall, touches and turns. The second guy goes into the wall and touches and turns. Michael Phelps goes into the wall, touches and turns, and he does the best underwater kick that he could possibly do. And he pops up, not in third place, but in second place. So he's beginning to gain momentum and he's taking strokes, but he's three quarters of a body length behind. And when you're an Olympic swimmer and you're swimming the race of your life, overcoming nearly a full body length is a very difficult challenge. But with each stroke, he was getting closer half a body length, a quarter of a body length. And then he was coming to the end of the race and he was running out of pool. And so he goes and he swims and and both the first place guy and he touched the wall. And the commentator said, Michael Phelps has just lost the record. But what happened is when they looked up on the scoreboard, there was only one name at the top of the list and his name was Michael Phelps. He had won... The race By one One hundredth of a second And when the commentators And the statisticians When they looked at the race They said at the speed They were swimming He out touched the guy By a fingernail That was the margin of difference That was the margin of difference Between silver and gold He went on to win Not only that gold medal But he won one more And he ended up with Eight gold medals He had a goal. He had a focus. He faced opposition and he pushed through. In fact, there was a photo finish. And if you search for it, I invite you to look it up. You can see that the guy's hand is right here and Michael Phelps' hands are right here. He reached for it, he made it happen. Here's my question to you Some of you are right on the precipice of a miracle. And I'm asking you to reach out and fight for it. Fight through the opposition. Fight through the difficulty. Are you willing to get to God? Are you willing to fight through your difficulty to get to Jesus? I want to invite you today to fight through the opposition that you may be facing today and say, I've got to get to Jesus. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for me to get to Jesus because if I can get to Jesus, I can experience a miracle right in the middle of my mess. God can do it. With that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Luke chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 17 and following. But before I get into the text, let me give you a little bit of context about what's happening in the story. Jesus is right in the middle of his ministry time. He is in the city of Capernaum. This is actually ground zero, his base camp for ministry here on earth. In fact, he performed a third of the miracles of his earthly time, the the miracles that are recorded. Jesus did many more, but a third of the miracles that are recorded in the gospels were done in Capernaum. They were done right there. He healed Jairus' daughter. Jairus was the rabbi of the synagogue. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. Today, we're going to look at a story of a man who faced significant opposition, but he was willing to push through the difficulty because he knew that if he could get to Jesus, he could experience a miracle right in the middle of his mess. So join me in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. We're also going to look at one verse in Mark chapter 2. I'd invite you to open up your Westover app because we have notes there for you to follow along. Let's see what the Word of God tells us today verse 17 One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, that's where Capernaum is, it's in Galilee, and they had come from every uh, and they had come from Judea and Jerusalem. And notice this, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. I'm going to tell you this. Let me just pause here. The only person who has the authority and the power to heal is Jesus. Not a man, not me, not anyone else. It's only Jesus. He's the only one that can heal. If someone says they can heal, they're lying to you because they in and of themselves don't have the ability to heal. Only Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who died on the cross and rose again, is the only one who has the power to heal you and to transform your life. Let's go on. Some men came carrying... A paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd they went right in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus they knew it wasn't good enough to just be in the proximity of Jesus. They had to get right in the middle of the mess, right in the middle of the crowd to get to Jesus. Mark 2 gives us a little bit more context, and I want to read this to you. Mark chapter 2, verse 4. Let's look at that together. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. They dug through the roof. Now, it wasn't concrete, it was straw and mud, but they dug through the roof to get to Jesus. Here's my question for you today. How desperate are you to get to God? How desperate are you to get to God? Some of us, we work very hard to get to sporting events early. We work very hard to get to concerts early. We work hard to get to work early. But some of us, we miss out because we're not desperate enough to get to Jesus. And I want to cultivate a culture in your heart that you say, I'm willing to get to Jesus even when I'm desperate and even when I'm not. God wants us to get in the habit and the culture Because we have children who are watching us and they need to see us be desperate for God. They need to see us put down Instagram. They need to see us put away Netflix. They need to see us put down our phone at dinner time and pray. They need to hear us read God's word because they need to see a desperation in our spirit to get to Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one who can unlock the dreams of our life. He is the only one that can transform our future. So today I want to speak on the topic, raise the roof. Are you willing to raise the roof? Are you willing to remove the roof? Are you willing to get through all the barriers and the difficulties to get to Jesus? Are you hungry enough? Are you thirsty enough for Jesus to say, I've got to get to him? So today I wanna share with you four steps to get your miracle in the middle. What do you need to do when you face opposition to get your miracle in the middle? What do you need to do to get to Jesus when life gets difficult? Number one is never quit. Some of us, we need to ingrain that in our spirit that we're not gonna quit. Verse 17 says this, one day Jesus was teaching and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus and they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you feel like you're on the outside looking in? You feel like you're a spectator outside of a window. You see everybody having a great time and you feel like you've been left out. Maybe that's happened to some of you. I think this paralyzed man and his friends felt that way. They felt like they were on the outside looking in because not only was it crowded, it was overcrowded. Mark chapter two says this. It says this, that there was no room left, not even outside the door. Imagine this, the house is full, full of the religious leaders, full of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, People from Capernaum, people from Judea, people from Jerusalem. There were people standing outside trying to press in, and they couldn't get to Jesus. But what did these guys do? They said, we're not stopping, we're not quitting, we're not giving up. In fact, Mark 2 tells us that there were four friends. These four friends were undeterred. They were willing to push through opposition to get to God. Now, I just want to pause here and say, I know some of you, it took a whole lot of work to get to service tonight. Some of you, I'm not inviting you to raise your hand because it will create more problems, but some of you had the worst fight with your spouse that you've had in the last 18 months. Some of you have had the worst challenging conversation with your child that you've had in a long time. Some of you got berated by your boss today. Some of you were were communicated with somebody sent you a text message that really discouraged you. Can I tell you that when you face that kind of opposition, some of it's not natural, some of it's spiritual. Sometimes the enemy wants to prevent you from getting to the house of God, not necessarily because the house of God is important, but because Jesus, if we're willing to welcome him, inhabits his house. We must be willing to get to Jesus. And I wanna encourage you, That if you ever face significant opposition and you have voices in your head telling you not to come to church, that's the moment you need to be at church. Because sometimes we're one step away from our blessing. Sometimes we're one step away from our miracle. Sometimes we just need to get into the house of God and say, God, my life is broken, my situation is broken, I need you to fix it. Are you willing to be desperate to get to God? Don't quit. Don't miss your miracle. These four men and the paralyzed man had many opportunities to quit. They could have quit before they went on the journey. They could have quit on the trek of miles and miles of carrying their friends. I imagine that they were lugging their friend, and there are moments where they all had to stop and let let the, the mat go to rest before they got to Capernaum. Have you ever felt in your life that you're late to the party? I imagine that this is exactly how these men felt. They were late to the house where Jesus was at because everybody was already there. Jesus was right in the middle of teaching and preaching. They got late. Anytime you're facing opposition, I want you to get to the house of God, even if it's halfway through the service. I'd love for you to be here early, but if you fight traffic and and there's like three accidents on the road, you need to get here. I don't know if you heard me, you need to get here. You need to get here. You need to say, I'm going to get here. I'm going to get to church. I'm going to get to Jesus. These men push through. They're willing to say, if I can just get, if we can just get my paralyzed friend right in front of Jesus, if we can just put him right in the middle of the crowd, maybe Jesus will do something. He's here are you willing to get in proximity to him? The second step to get your miracle in the middle is to elevate your faith. Some of us, we need to upgrade our faith. We need to elevate our faith. Verse 19 says this, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. What do you do to elevate your faith? We need to elevate our faith. Some of us, we need to have the faith to believe that if we can just get to Jesus, he'll make a difference. But some of us, we need to take our faith to the next level. Because miracles happen when you take your faith to the next level. Everybody who is listening to Jesus, they just experience his teaching. But when these four friends took their friend up to the next level, that's when a miracle happened. And if you want to experience a miracle in your life, you need to be willing to say, God, I need you to elevate my faith. I need to go to the rooftop and I need to find a way to get to you. So how do you elevate your faith? What must we do to elevate our faith? I'm glad you asked. Do what's possible. Do everything that's possible and let God do the impossible. What does that look like? Go to every doctor's appointment, but pray for healing. Take every medication that's prescribed to you, but pray for healing. Go to the counselor, even when it's difficult, but pray for healing. Come up to the altar every time there's an altar call and pray for healing. You may be one step away from your miracle. But what do you do when you've lost all faith? What do you do when your faith has evaporated? What must we do? What must we do? I wanna encourage you that if you've lost your faith, you need to borrow someone's faith. Listen to this. This is what verse 20 says. It says this, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Do you know that when it comes to healing, faith is contagious? So is doubt. Doubt is contagious. That's what happened in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Doubt was contagious, but so is faith. Faith is contagious. Now, let me pause here, and I want to clarify something. Faith is not contagious when it comes to us making a decision to make Jesus Lord and Savior of our life. That's an individual decision. But when it comes to healing, corporate faith makes a difference for someone to experience healing. Because he said he saw their faith. It was the man's individual faith in Jesus Christ that allowed Jesus to say, friend, your sins are forgiven. But Jesus saw all of their faith, and then he released healing into the man's life. Here's what I want to say to my battle-tested believers. I want you to stir up your faith. I want you to elevate your faith because there's people in this house and there's people watching online who need to borrow your faith today. I want to encourage our Bible-believing, tongue-talking, demon-rebuking, spirit-filled, walking believers to step up and let their faith rise up because someone needs to borrow your faith today. You have the Spirit of God resting in you, and someone needs to know that God can still heal. They need to borrow your faith today. So if you don't have faith, guess what? you can borrow someone else's faith for your healing. But if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, I wanna invite you today to make a decision in your own heart that you're gonna say, God, I don't know who you are, I don't know how you work, but this seems pretty neat and I need you to lead my life because my life isn't going the way it needs to go. I need you to be in charge. I need you to cause miracles to happen. I need you to forgive my sins. I need you to lead my life. And so if you're there, I wanna invite you at the end of our service, we're gonna have an opportunity for you To make Jesus the Lord and Savior and the healer and the transformer of your life. He can do it. The third step to get your miracle in the middle, right when things are difficult, is to pursue the first miracle. Pursue the first miracle. Verse 21 says this, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And I think that was the tone that they had. It wasn't a tone of inquiry. It was a tone of condemnation. They were condemning Jesus and the paralyzed man and his friends for the inconvenience of digging through a roof and making their clothes a mess. But I want to encourage you today to pursue the first miracle. Listen how Jesus responds to that. Verse 22, he says, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Listen to this, and Jesus really gets it to them in this point. He says this, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I want to encourage you today to pursue the first miracle. The first miracle is the miracle of salvation. Often when we read this passage, we only see the fact that the man was healed, that he got up off his mat and that he walked. But the greater miracle, the more important miracle, was that Jesus in that moment forgave his sins and gave him salvation. And sometimes we want so much the second miracle that we minimize or we overlook the first miracle. And I will tell you that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. God affords the first miracle to anyone and everyone who calls upon him. God reserves the right to heal or not heal physically. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But I want you to know that the first miracle of salvation is always more important than the second miracle of healing. Because to God, redeeming the heart is more important than restoring the body. God's more interested in redeeming our soul. Jesus came to seek and save the lost Miracles, physical miracles were just a side benefit. Many of us who are here today are frustrated because we haven't experienced the physical miracle that we want. We still have rheumatoid arthritis, we still have diabetes, we still have thyroid problems, we still have walking, we still have to use a cane or a walker, we still have difficulties with our vision and our hearing, but we fail and we minimize the first miracle of salvation that God afforded to us. I also wanna pause here and address a false doctrine that exists in Pentecostal, charismatic, spirit-filled churches. And it's this idea that someone's faith is what unlocks physical healing. Faith in Jesus Christ is what gives us the healing of salvation. And yes, faith influences God's movement in the area of healing. But I've heard people make the comment, well, oh, you know, they they don't have enough faith, so that's why they're not experiencing healing. It's not true. God is the one who provincially decides whether someone gets healed or not. And the reason I know that is because God has healed me. He's healed me of some things and he's not healed me of certain things. When I was a very young boy, my brother and I, we were horse playing around, and somehow my cornea on my left eye got scraped and the doctor, the optometrist thought I was gonna lose my vision. And so we went to the optometrist, they said, well, put some drops in and it just so happened that the optometrist was a Christian. They said, put the drops in, patch his eye for six to eight weeks and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna see what the damage is. She also said, you need to pray. So what did my parents do? They prayed. What did God do? He healed. Yeah, he healed. He healed my eye. When I was a little bit older, my parents noticed that I was tripping all the time. I was tripping. <laughs> so they took me to an orthopedic specialist and what happened is the orthopedic specialist said, Mr. and Mrs. Musett, your son's leg, one of his legs is too short. If his foot doesn't grow in the next three months, we're gonna have to go in and do surgery. We're gonna have to break the bones. We're gonna have to stretch his leg in order for him to walk appropriately. Otherwise he's gonna have inappropriate wear in his hip and he's gonna walk with a limp for all his life. So what did my parents do? They prayed. And what happened? Three months later, went back. My legs were the same length. God can heal. But there are also moments when God has not healed. Some of you don't know this, but I have two learning disabilities. One of them is ADD. Technically it's called ADHD and attentive. I have a hard time focusing and I've struggled with this all my life. And I began to pray, I said, God, why won't you take it away? I prayed months and months and months and months while I was in college. God, I'm struggling, you don't see how, how hard this is. Why is this so difficult? And then I sensed in my spirit, God say this to me, I have left that there so that you would be dependent on me. I have given you ADD so that all through life you require my presence and my power. You need to realize that you're not enough unless you have me. And so God left that in the system. He left that within me because he wanted to reveal his power. Most of us would agree that the Apostle Paul had more faith than all of us. Wouldn't you agree? Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Paul's response. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. He's saying, because I'm weak, Christ's power can rest on me. I'm not so arrogant and not so presumptuous to think that I'm anything. I'm weak, and I need God's presence to rest on me. He says this in verse 10. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's equating his weakness with God's strength. He says, because I'm weak, I can allow God's strength to be made manifest, which brings me back to the point. Why does God cause miracles, the second miracle to happen? The reason God affords the second miracle of healing is to prove that he has the power to do the first miracle of salvation. I'm going to say it again. God performs the second miracle of physical healing to prove and validate that he has the authority to perform the first miracle, which is to seek and save and provide eternal life to those who are lost. Verse 23 validates it. It says this, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know, that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He didn't say to heal. He said to forgive sins. He's saying, I'm going to heal this man to prove that I have the authority to forgive people. I have the authority to provide salvation. That's why Jesus does it. It's to prove his power. I guess God decided that I needed to see and I needed to walk. But he left something in me in order for me to be dependent on him. It's all about what can allow God's presence and power to be most main manifest. I want to speak to some of you who are struggling in your own mind and heart. You're facing difficulties. You're facing the accusers. You're facing voices from your past that are telling you you're not good enough. The the always and never game that's saying, you'll never be enough, you'll never get over it, you'll never be free, you'll always struggle, you'll always be addicted, you'll always be bound what did Jesus do to the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? He silenced their voices. He said, stop. And for some of you, the healing that God's going to afford to you today is he's going to silence the voices from your past. He's going to silence the naysayers. He's going to shut the mouth of the enemy that wants you to believe that you're less than, that God, did, that God made a mistake when, when he made you, that you are not worth anything. God wants to silence that in the name of Jesus because he has the power to heal. He has the power to forgive. Which leads me to the fourth and final point. What do you do when you face opposition? How can you get a miracle in the middle? It's to get up. Verse 23 says this, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk, but I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. And this is my prayer. Verse 26 is my prayer for you today and for this moment. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I want that to be your prayer and your experience today. I want to invite you to to get up out of the difficulty that you're in. There's no miracle by laying on the mat. There's There's no future found by laying on the floor. Some of us, we need to get up. Some of us, we need to allow God to stir up within us. Some of us, we're going to experience a miracle tonight. Some of us, we're going to experience our miracle tomorrow. Some of us, it's going to be next week. Some of us, it's going to be a couple months from now. Some of us, God's going to whisper a miracle to us that won't come to pass until three or four years later. But what must we do? We must be willing to get up and walk. We must be willing to walk out our faith and say, God, I believe that you have the power to heal. I love this verse 17. It says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. You know that word power in the, in the original language is dunamis, but it's actually the root word. It's the origin word for the word dynamite. Do you know God has some dynamite for you today, God has some dynamite for you and for your experience. There are some things that he wants to knock off in your life, cancer, depression, anxiety, blood disorders. There's some things that God wants to provide through his spirit, a dynamite experience to drop it right in your lap so that you can see the manifest power of the Lord. And so as I close, I wanna invite you to stand. I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. We're going to have a moment with the Lord. And so as you close your Bible, as you close your Bible, as you turn off your electronic device, I want to invite you to create an atmosphere where God can meet with people. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. There's some of you who are here and you have never met Jesus. You know you need Him, you've heard about Him, but you know in your heart that He is not walking with you and He is not leading you. And if you're here today, I want to invite you, if you've never met Jesus, or it's been a long time since you've been close to Him, I want to invite you to decide today that you're going to meet the miracle worker. I'm reminded by a song by Natalie Grant. She says, help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Oh, Jesus, help me want you more than anything. And so today, I want you to to work to get connected to Jesus because he's the only one who has the power to save. He's the only one that has the power to heal. And so if you're here, again, all eyes closed, all heads bowed, we want to give an audience for people to encounter Jesus. If you're here and you need to meet Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hands. This is your moment. Don't miss your moment to meet Jesus. If you're here and you need to meet Jesus, on the count of three, raise your hands. One, two, three. Yes, I see you, sir. Yes, I see you, ma'am. I see you, sir. I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. Yes, there's hands all going up all across the auditorium. I wanna invite you to not worry about the people who are all around you. This is your private moment with God. With no eyes looking, I want you to quietly scoot out of your seat, come to one of the aisles, and meet with one of our prayer team members. They want to introduce you to Jesus. I want you to come. Don't delay. If you need to get close to Jesus, the miracle worker, make the effort to cut through the crowd to get here. Jesus loves you, and he wants to meet you. Now I want to issue a second appeal. To some of you who are here today, you need a miracle. You need God to perform a miracle in your life. And if you're here and you need a miracle, if you need God to do something, I want you to raise your hand right now. Up, 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 up. Yes, yes, yes. 30, 40 hands going up all across. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk up the remaining prayer team members. I want you to anoint each person who's come up who needs healing. I want you to anoint them, and we're going to pray for healing. And while the worship team prays, while the worship team leads, we're going to ask God to afford miracles in the house today. Worship team, lead us.
1: just begin to declare healing right now all across this place come on just lift up those hands towards the heavens and declare healing in this place There's no circumstance that can stand your love Nothing but the blood
0: specifically for breakthrough in people's minds and their emotions. Some of you are struggling with depression. Some of you are struggling with anxiety. Some of you are facing unrelenting addictions. You're struggling each and every day and I know God has the authority and the power to break the chains of darkness and to set your mind and your heart free. Some of you are
2: struggling with past wounds from your past. There have been people who have criticized you, who have made fun of you, and those records Mind, And we're going to pray right now that God would break through in this. For those of you who have wounds in your heart,
0: as we pray, some of you are going to begin to remember some of the difficulties, but it's not the enemy. It's Jesus bringing it to your mind. And the reason why is because as he brings it to your mind, he wants to step in and he wants to sever the work of the enemy, and he wants you to remember differently. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and God's going to renew some minds tonight. He's going to bring experiences to your mind and you're wondering, God, why are you bringing this to my mind? Why is this happening right in the middle of church? Well, I'm here to tell you, Jesus wants to step in and prove his power. He wants you to remember. He wants to remove the veil so that you see that Jesus was in that moment and he was speaking and that he was ministering and from today on, you'll remember that difficult moment and you realize that even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because God was and still is and will be with you. Let's go to God and ask for breakthrough in people's minds and in their experiences. God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says that you have the authority to heal the sick. And right now I declare in the name of Jesus that you would break through in minds and in hearts, God. Some people have wounds that they've carried for years, for decades, and it plagues their mind each and every day. And I ask God right now as they remember those moments that, God, you would sever the work of the enemy. And that you would show them through your holy spirit even right now that you were working in that moment that you love them that you care for them and that you want them to forever
2: remember that you were operating in that moment that your hand of protection was upon them that what the enemy meant for good what enemy meant for evil you meant for good and god i pray right
0: now that you would bring about healing to people's minds, bring about healing to addictions,
2: bring about healings to depression and anxiety. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You, God, have the authority to break through in people's lives. And God, I pray that you would stir up, God, the faith of people in this house. If you're a Bible-believing Satan, God's taking you through some things. There's some people in this house who need to rely on your faith. I'm inviting you to pray in the spirit. I'm inviting you to raise your hand. I'm inviting you to pour in some people. There's some people who need to experience Jesus, and you raising up and elevating your faith is the thing that's going to release breakthrough in their lives. There's some people who need to see God work in a mighty way.
0: Pray for physical healing. If you need physical healing, this is your moment. I want you to come up to the altar. I know you've been up here already, but I want you to come again. I want you to come again right now. If you need physical healing in your body, I want you to come. Don't delay. I was thinking through some things, and this is what I sensed in my heart. There's some of you who have had migraines. If you have migraines, I want you to come forward. There's a lady, she's between the age of 30 and 40 years old. She struggled with migraines off and on for a long time. God wants to give you breakthrough today. Somebody in this house has struggled with their hearing. They've had difficulty, specifically in their left ear, and they need breakthrough. I want you to come forward. Don't wait to come for a prayer team member. Just come all the way to the front. Some of you have had difficulties with your throat or your voice. This has been something that's recent, but it's reoccurring. It doesn't seem to be getting better. And you need a breakthrough in your throat or in your voice. There's somebody here with a shoulder issue. It's limited your mobility. It's impacted your work. And you need God to break through and bring about healing to your shoulder. There's somebody who has a back issue here. It's a work work injury. You've had some difficulty. And you've never been the same. You've always struggled. You've always had difficulty. God wants to heal you today. You have difficulty. Someone has difficulty with their feet. You have custom inserts in your shoes in order to walk appropriately. If that's you, I want you to come. I want you to come. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to lead, 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 lead you into prayer. And I also want to say, some of you have been wanting to be pregnant. You want. You want to bring a child into the world but you haven't been able god's going to give you breakthrough today and so if you just permit me let me pray for you god i pray right now through the name of jesus that you would bring about healing to people's necks to their ears to their eyes to their mouth to their shoulders god release healing in the name of jesus right now father for shoulders God, for people with lower back issues, God, I pray that you would break through in the name of Jesus. You say you have the power to heal. God, there's some people who have a problem with their leg. They're walking with a limp. They're struggling. And God, you want to break through in their life. God, there's people who are struggling with their feet. God, and every step is painful, and you want to redeem them. You want to heal them. God, I pray right now that you would afford to your people blood disease be gone in the name of Jesus. Cancer be gone in the name of Jesus. Lupus be gone in the name of Jesus. Parasitic infections be gone in the name of Jesus. Any physical ailment be gone in the name of Jesus. God, you have the power to heal and it's to prove your power. You want to prove your power through your people. You want to declare to an unbelieving generation that you have the authority not only to save, but you also have the authority to heal. And God, we ask right now that you would afford healing in the physical body of your
2: people in the name of Jesus release it, release it release it release it release it release it release it through your Holy Spirit work Jesus bring restoration and healing in the name of Jesus to your people
1: yes Lord yes Lord come on everyone to this place lift up a shout say shout out to God
0: you have an estranged relationship there's some of you who your kids have walked away from jesus and you may not see the miracle today it may be months or years but i want to declare i want to draw a line that as for me and my house we will serve the lord the bible says that his word will never return void and he will fight the battles that you can't fight and some of you have family difficulties you difficulties in your marriage difficulty with your child difficulty with your adult child difficulty with your family being fractured and we're just going to say God bring about healing God right now you have the power to heal you have the power to restore and whether we see it tomorrow next week next year in a decade we believe that you have the power to redeem and heal families and bring people back together and I pray Lord that you would afford healing to people in the name of Jesus they need to see restoration you've done it before and you can do it again and God I pray that you just release healing and restoration. That you'd give parents reassurance that even though their child is away from God, that they will come back to you. Even if they pass away, God, that you're going to work on their behalf to ensure that their son or daughter or grandson or gr- granddaughter knows who you are. You're going to work provincially to make that happen. We ask, God, that you would afford healing and, God, even if they don't see it, that you'd provide a peace that surpasses all understanding and that that peace would guard their heart and their mind reassure them that they can entrust their family to you if you're struggling right now i want you to trust your family to you i want you to call out the names of the people that you're having difficulty with god can release a miracle in the name of jesus you how this story ends. Jesus said, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. If you've seen remarkable things today, give God some praise. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. If you have experienced a miracle, I want you to tell somebody. I want you to get a connect card that's found right where you're seated. I want you to fill it out. I want you to get it to us. I want you to send us an email. We wanna hear your story. We wanna hear how God healed you, how God restored you. And if you have been healed tonight, I would love to meet you. I'll be right over here to the side. I'd love to greet you. I'd love to encourage you. I'd love to hear how God broke through in your circumstance let's pray and ask God God we thank you for what you've done in this house we worship you you and you alone deserve all praise because you not only have the power to forgive and to save but you have the power to heal and so right now we worship you we thank you God for the way you've shown up we entrust this time to you in Jesus name and all of God's people said amen amen it's been absolutely wonderful to have you here today with us If you need additional prayer, our prayer team is here and available to pray with you. God bless you. A reminder, we don't have service next week. God bless you, and we are dismissed.